Welcome to the HR Empowerment Podcast, where we will uncover strategies and new insights from HR professionals who discuss up-to-date regulations, best practices, and the most pressing topics like diversity and equity, leadership, dealing with difficult situations, and much more that affect your bottom line and business. Thanks for joining us. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's Wendy Sellers, the HR lady with my co-host, JC. Aloha. Aloha. We wish we were all in Hawaii right now. (laughs) We also have a very special guest with us for our uh, episode three of five, talking about human-centered and inclusive policies. Hello, Jaleesa. Hello, everyone. So we just started kind of wrapping up talking about human-centered leadership, although you and I know we can talk about that like for hours. <laughs> Let's talk about inclusive policies. And I love that it's actually right on your website as well that you say right out front, like we are, if you want to work with an HR consultant that is inclusive, then you call us. You know, mm-hmm. what are examples of inclusive policies for our listeners who say, you know what, we don't, I don't know if I have an inclusive policy or where do I start? You know, what's the ideal end result? First off, I'm going to apologize. I can talk about this for a very long time, right? <laughs> <laughs> so just tell me to zip it when you're ready, right? I feel like um, we, especially in the HR realm and even in corporate America, we've done things so long that we don't know that we don't necessarily have to do it that way, right? I feel like Um, There are certain policies that we've just taken from other organizations and we've continued to do them. And and everyone is like, well, that's just how it's always been done. Mm -hmm. For example, bereavement leave. That's a big one, right? I, you know, um, a more conservative policy is, okay, you get three days in for bereavement leave and it has to be someone that's an immediate family member, right? And using that human-centered approach, when we were revamping that years ago, um, I was working for a veteran service organization at the time. And as I was kind of, you know, part of my human um, centered leadership is really getting feedback before policies come into fruition. Um, and like I said, I love talking to the naysayers. So I always go to them first to see what am I not seeing? And a lot of them said, well, I'm a veteran and who are you to tell me that this per I didn't have a strong relationship with this person. This person is my brother, right? This person is, you know, um, this person is very special to me. And the fact that I can only take, I can't take any time off or I can only take one day. You're telling me how strong our relationship was. And when that person said that, I was like, you're right. Who are we to say what someone's relationship is with someone, right? What we want to do as an HR person is make sure we're hiring the right people, setting them up for success. We don't have to micromanage how many days they take for bereavement based on a relationship, right? That's just an example of an inclusive policy. Um, It's really taking into consideration 2022, the many different situations, family situations, backgrounds that everyone has, and really getting everyone involved in, okay, let's create inclusive policies. What feels like it's supporting you and what doesn't feel like it's supporting you? And that's how I approach our work whenever we're we're doing like the employee handbook or, or uh, policy development. And you'll be so interested to see how people are, one, they're shocked that we're asking them these questions because no one ever does, but how, um, 
how in it they are because they realize that they're doing something that's going to impact many people to come into many future people to come into the organization. So sorry, I'll be quiet now. (laughs) You don't have to be quiet at all. You're our special guest. We want, you know, people want to hear from you and as many HR people as possible so that they can go to their workplace and say, you know what, I was just listening to this podcast and it's a really good point. And, and, you know, on the, on the same um, concept with the, you know, let's just say the bereavement where, uh, you know, it has to be a blood member of your your immediate family. Uh, what we're seeing more and more in society, especially in the United States, is people just aren't getting married, but they're still having, you know, um, they're still living with a loved one and, and possibly having children, too. And then post COVID, a lot of a lot of family members are living all in one household because of financial reasons. Absolutely. So, yeah, folks, and many you... different cultural um, backgrounds as well. You have many families that where they have many different generations under one household, right? And so, like, there's so many different situations, and it just feels so restricting that we're um, requiring or putting an emphasis on one over the other. When really, who are we to do that, right? It's 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 time off if you're if you're hiring the right people if you're um taking care of them supporting developing managing their performance then you should trust them right they're not going right. to um abuse that policy you should yeah. hopefully trust them and yeah, if you, you don't trust them, them you you definitely have problems you have yes. problems you know a culture Absolutely. that respects and promotes our differences and experiences ethnicities and ways of thinking is ultimately overall inclusive and I don't, I don't want to come off mansplaining. So if I'm saying it the wrong way, you tell me here, okay? Chop me <laughs> off at the knees, okay? But look, numerous <laughs> studies indicate that inclusive organizations have more engaged and motivated and productive employees. And according to a survey published by Burson and Deloitte about five years ago in 2018, reports that businesses with inclusive cultures are eight times more likely to produce superior business results. Now, let's nice. think about that. That was in 2018. It's 2000, yeah. it's about to be 2023. Mm-hmm. Why are we talking about this? It's yeah. over. And if you still have to tackle this issue within your organization, you've got problems. It's time to hit the gas because it's about to be 2023. And there's so many businesses that are already past this point. They're moving to the future. And that was kind of like a, it sounded like a movie <laughs> line the way I said that. I'm sorry. I like the accent of being future. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You know, a quick little comment here about inclusive policies for our listeners is, again, I, I, you know, I was joking before when I said this in the first session, but I'm not joking. Um, If you suddenly ask your employees for their input and they don't provide it, it means they probably don't trust you. Mm. Um, They may be in shock. First of all, that you're even asking for their feedback because they never, you've never asked for it before. Mm-hmm. They may also say, well, you've asked for my feedback before and then you've done nothing with the feedback, right? Absolutely. That Jalisa's oh. shaking her. Yeah, her I'm like, head. yes, that oh. happens all the time. <laughs> I, I've, got, I've got a contrary point of view for you. Consider this, both, uh, both of you, right quick. Um, what if the employees aren't speaking because they don't trust the consultant that you hired to talk to them? They'd rather talk to you. 
Yeah, I mean, that that is completely fine, too. And uh, Jalise and I are both HR consultants and, mm -hmm. you know, we have to walk into places and some and often, you know, I just did one recently where I had to do an assessment of the the HR role. Um, and immediately I know if I was in that seat, I'd be like, oh, this consultant's coming in here and going to take my job. And so we have to work really hard to explain like, hey, I know for me personally, I'm like, I don't want your job. <laughs> so I'm like straight out like, nope, not coming into the office, not it's doing that. Uh, I'm just like, tell me, I usually tell the HR person, tell me everything that you've been wanting to tell them, because mm -hmm. then I'm going to tell them probably the same thing, not always. Um, and they're going to believe me, which is very hurtful to the person that is, you know, on the payroll. But I'm like, in the end, once they make the changes, then I will let them know that it was all your idea. <laughs> mm -hmm. So for the folks that are not in their head in agreement today, listening to us, I get it. I've been there. Um, I, I'm sure you have been there too, Jalisa, where people Absolutely. came into our organizations and then they tell this, the CFO something and you're like, why'd you listen to them? But you wouldn't listen to me. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I always try to be the HR person, whether I'm a consultant or, or, you know, um, acting as HR to, to act, listen, listen to people. Um, JC, both of you actually mentioned safety at work. And so I want to wrap up this episode and, and move on to episode four, where we're going to dive into psychological safety at work and how that affects company culture. We'll be right back. Thank you for joining the HR Empowerment Podcast, brought to you by Aurora Training Advantage. We hope you've gained new insight and strategies to navigate the HR profession. We look forward to you joining us again on the HR Empowerment Podcast.